Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We're continuing to follow the breaking news this hour out of Prague. There's some new images coming in um, as Czech police are responding to a deadly shooting at Charles University. Now, police have put out information, uh, a tweet saying that the gunman has, in their words, been eliminated, but also saying in the, in the new information released that there are several dead and injured at the scene. Now, this is all the preliminary reporting. This took place a couple of hours ago. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Prague, Czech Republic, where there has been a shooting. Right now, they're saying 10 dead, about 30 injured. This number is going to change, and we don't have anything, uh, not, not necessarily substantive, but definitive, to engage reporting in, and I don't think there will be until tomorrow. Uh, the idea of, of of motives, et cetera, what, what, what's happening here, what does this have connection to, we don't have it. We don't have an answer for it. Forgive me, the, the cold is still lingering. We don't have a, uh, an answer for that at all. But this has happened, and we are certainly keeping an eye on it, just like we're keeping an eye on what's going on in Israel, as the talk is, there's going to be another push for a ceasefire, which is nutty because there was an attack, I believe, as, as was reported on Tel Aviv. The bombs continue to drop from Hamas. Yet the Israelis actually believe they can get to a place where they get more hostages released. Meanwhile, as reported by the Wall Street Journal, the Gazans understand the issue. Turns out the people of Gaza way smarter than the people of your local university. Hamas is the reason they suffer. This terrorist organization is the reason they suffer. Israel responding? Well, of course Israel is going to respond. And of course, Israel is going to maneuver till Hamas is destroyed. Hamas has impoverished these people. Hamas has threatened and physically abused, if not killed, these people. Hamas is the enemy of all rational people and all rational thought. Again, for everybody except those who exist on a college campus, whether it be the students, the ridiculous faculty, makes no difference. And it would be wrong to say that they're all ridiculous. But man, are they really good at being ridiculous. So many of them. Outright fools. This, this is where we are. So that, the, these are the two things that, that have been uh, breaking. And certainly, they are going to continue to be key and top line stories 
Nothing as big as the border. I've got plenty of border stuff to get to, including Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. The man's got opinions. Uh, When the sports guys go political. When the sports guys go political, man. And and, and in the main, it's always to the left, and it's always some outrage machine as opposed to an understanding of the situation. I will... I will get into that. But it is the the Trump on the ballot story that clearly has captured the imagination. That Trump has been removed from the ballot by the Supreme Court of Colorado in a 4-3 decision because of insurrection. What do you mean because of insurrection? Well, um... Uh, people who have got a lot of emotions and no way of dealing with them like grown-ups, uh, they decided that Trump did a bad and therefore he had to be punished, but not by uh, the, the courts and not innocent until proven guilty. Uh, they, they had to take it upon themselves and ensure that other people had their vote taken away from them. And so you had to take Trump off the ballot. Colorado Republicans have said, that's fine. Take him off the ballot. We'll change to a caucus state. We're good. And people are like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, well, caucus. It won't be a primary. It'll be a caucus. That way uh, he can get the delegates if he wins, and, and that's that. We're, we're, we're not interested in playing your games, guys. That's a, that, was a, that was a nice little end around right there. But, of course, the story is first the voter suppression, which nobody's talking about but us. You understand that that's what this is. When the Colorado Supreme Court says because of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, Trump is guilty of insurrection, and therefore he cannot be uh, uh, allowed to be on a ballot. That That is a, uh, just so I think we understand each other, that is such a fantasy role-playing game. I am surprised when the ruling came out, people didn't immediately have an orgasm and smoke a cigarette. These people, this is their level of gratification, We kept Trump off the ballot. Oh, that's so good. Give me another cigarette. I cannot wait to smoke one. I mean, people change their pants. They love the idea of abusing the Constitution. They love the idea of eliminating rights. Your right to vote is meaningless because they don't like the guy. Who cares if you like Trump? Do you know how much grief I take on a daily basis because I'm not 24-7 Trumpity Trump Trump Trump? I take a fair amount of grief. But I am, I am talking about winnability. I am talking about uh, how, how, what, what policies best move a nation. I don't think that people should be prevented from voting for their guy. The left thinks this. And they love this. And when they're able to stop somebody, it is for them this this moment of just ecstasy and release. They're weird people. They're very, very weird people. They're also hateful people. They're also bigots. How else could you possibly describe uh, the political left except that when you realize they want to take away your right to vote? So this happens in Colorado. There's going to be a fight. Of course, it has to go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court should rule 9-0. This brings us to California. Now, this is the proof, in case you somehow needed more of it, this is the proof 
of the left being the thing they claim the right is. Remember what the and and and, and you might note uh, that that I am more than ever on this subject very pointed about differences between Republicans and Democrats and very direct. Uh, so we're clear: uh, the Democratic Party is disgusting. That they haven't stood up en masse and said we can't do this uh, is is gross. And while there are some Democrats, Doug Schoen has been one. I believe uh, that the former senator of Missouri, Claire McCaskill, is actually like, this is a bad idea. Uh, and others, to hear uh, Congressman Adam Schiff or Congressman Ted Lieu say th- they held a trial and they determined they didn't hold a trial. Dear Lord, they took a look at a couple of videos, decided to engage their own type of snuff film fantasy and said, how can we get rid of Trump? And then again with the pants and the cigarettes. That's what happened. So there are some who are saying, guys, this is this is a bad idea. This is this is not how you run a country. Some who actually still believe in the country. Then there are those progressives who don't care about anything. They only care about victory. Disgusting, awful people. It's not victory. It's power. Disgusting, awful, worthless, terrible people. And if you tell me there's no difference between the parties, I'm going to point to this, which is why when I see people on the political right saying, oh, we should take Biden off the ticket, I'm like, you don't quite understand what's happening here. I get your point. Who are these people to think that they can abuse you 24-7? When do they get bopped in the nose? I get the point. But we just stated this can't be done. So now the answer is let's go do it. This is why I drink bourbon. That's why I drink bourbon. But I have watched leftist after leftist, whether it be Joy Reid or Mara Gay from the New York Times, which I'll share that with you, or, or Rachel Maddow. What a, what a fool. Oh, well, this is just protecting democracy. That's what they claim. They claim they're the protectors of democracy and Trump is the threat to democracy. Look what they just did. Now you know where the threat is. The thing that they accuse is the thing that they do. They accuse the right of being the threat. They accuse Trump of being the threat to democracy. And they, in Colorado, eliminated the people of Colorado's ability to vote. Brings us to California where you have the lieutenant governor sending out a letter to the secretary of state of California. The lieutenant governor is Eleni Kunal... I think you pronounce it Kunalakis. K-O-U-N-A-L-A-K-I-S. I've never heard it pronounced, so I'm taking my best shot at it. She sends a letter. We're going to write a letter. And somebody had to say, you can't tell me what to do. And then she had to apologize and take a re-education course. And then they got to the letter writing to the Secretary of State, Shirley Weber. And the letter says, look, Colorado is now the, 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 the basis. And California has to follow suit. Because Donald Trump violated the 14th Amendment by inciting an insurrection on January 6, 2021. And we have to remove him from the ballot. Retribution. They hate Trump so much. And they hate you for still being okay with him so much. They have to end your ability to vote. You have to be taught a lesson. People think this is about Trump. This is about you. They're taking away your right to vote.
They're kicking you in the face and then telling you, say thank you. Look at the favor we just did for you. You want to talk about the threat to democracy? You want to have it in conversation about the actual fascism? Take a look. People had sent me on on Twitter, well, Trump has to be held responsible for, for the violence that he fomented. Wouldn't, wouldn't be held, being held responsible happen in a court? Where are the charges? I'm asking you a question. Where are the charges of insurrection? From CNN, the former attorney general, William Barr. Well, I think if they take it up, they're going to slap it down very quickly. And I hope they do take it up quickly and slap it down because otherwise he could be left off the ballot uh, in, in this primary. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're not even saying that you disagree necessarily with what the district court and then the Colorado Supreme Court found in terms of insurrection. You just think it's the wrong process. You think they're like, for instance, Jack Smith's trial, uh, although he's not actually charged the president right. with insurrection. Yeah, the important, the, legally, the real, the, the non, denial of due process is fatal here. But as, as you alluded to in your opening comments, the 14th Amendment uh, is not something that can be applied willy-nilly by the states through sort of ad hoc proceedings. It, it was contemplated that the federal government set up the enforcement mechanism. So you have some standard, you know, what is the proof that's required? What is the procedure that is required? And hopefully some adumbration of what exactly uh, the uh, insurrection is. Now, we're going to have those issues addressed. Yeah. Now, he hasn't charged. Uh, Jack Smith has not charged the president. The federal investigation has not charged uh, President Trump with insurrection or incitement. And uh, but we're, that's a trial that's going to take place with due process. And it's going to get into all these issues. What was his state of mind? What right. were his actions? That is the kind of proceeding where these things could be established. And none of those things have taken place. So for the people who are these fetishists who just want to scream insurrection, that's how you feel. And no one should give a good holy damn how you feel. Take your feelings and put them somewhere. Your feelings don't matter. And your feelings don't matter so much that I think we should fight about it. But let's get back. No charges of insurrection. So the idea that, well, it's, it's clear that Donald Trump is involved in an insurrection. That's what Joe Biden said. Is Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think certainly it's self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. It's self-evident, says the president of the United States. You understand how little these people care about the Constitution, care about the law, and care about decency. They don't care. Say anything. It doesn't matter. It's not self-evident. You know what's self-evident? You're an old man who probably doesn't know where the bathroom is in your own house. That, to me, is self-evident. Right? Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about personal feelings. Self-evident. It's self-evident that you don't actually run anything, Joe Biden. It's self-evident that your son is a coke fiend and you worked with him to get paid. That's self-evident to me. But, you know, hey, who am I? Go back to California. Go back to these abusers. Go back to these people who suppress the vote. 
the lieutenant governor of California wants the secretary of state of California to work to move Trump off of the ballot. Based on the Colorado Supreme Court ruling in Anderson versus Griswold, I urge you to explore every legal option to remove former President Donald Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot. And she ends, does the lieutenant governor, by saying, California must stand on the right side of history. California is obligated to determine if Trump is ineligible for the California ballot for the same reasons described in Anderson. The Colorado decision can be the basis for a similar decision here in our state. The Constitution is clear. You must be 40 years old and not be an insurrectionist. I'm sorry. What now? You have to be... Did you say 40? Forty? Twenty-five to be a member of Congress. Thirty to be a senator. Thirty-five to be president. You're telling me that the lieutenant governor is such a dope, the lieutenant governor of California. She didn't know this? Didn't check? Well, then again, she calls him an insurrectionist, even though there's no trial. So clearly, a standard is meaningless. Do not forget what you're looking at here. This, this is abuse. This is a hatred of the Constitution and a hatred of the people. This is a power-hungry group called the Democratic Party willing to do anything to you to get their way. Don't reward these people at all. I'm Tony Katz. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. student loan debt i know i know you're shocked you're like how how could that happen we've told them how important it is to pay back their debts so there are 22 million people who are are paying back uh, student loan debt but um nine million so 40 percent are like nah no no i guess anything is, is possible the, the, things have just started back up. Uh, you had Biden keeping these people from having to pay their responsibilities. And so they, they forgot they had to pay it, right? That That is that is possible. That is totally me being, you know, like the most grace I can muster. But I think uh, uh, um, a great number of them are simply... Saying, uh, no, 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 I don't, I don't have to do this. No, I don't have to pay debt. 
I don't have to pay for the money that I took. That's somebody else's responsibility. I'm special. This is Biden's America. I want to know if they take the credit hit. I want to know if they suffer for it. I I I I, I want to know if there is any type of ramification that comes from them not paying. Because if not, if this is Biden's America, I want to know what I can stop paying. Because do you have any idea how many cigars I can buy? I mean, just pick the thing. Pick the thing that I don't have to pay anymore that is immediate cigar budget. That's beautiful. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. This is Tony Katz today. <laughs> Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Christmas is right around the corner. And you might need help getting a gift. Now, look, I'm not buying it for you. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not providing that kind of help. But there are last-minute gifts that you can get, last-minute deals that will arrive by Christmas. All I want to do is help. All I want to do is is is, is help right, right here. Uh, so I've got a, a list. It's not a definitive list. It's not the only list. And certainly, as, as I often discuss, shop local. Shop the sponsors of your favorite radio station. If they support this show, they support other shows, that's where you should shop first. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. What did you get for Christmas? What was the good deal this year? Uh, let me know. You can also let me know on the X Twitter, at Tony Katz. And Tony at TonyKatz.com. So I've got two lists. I have two lists, Producer Carl. I have got the 11 last-minute gifts from Amazon. And then I have... Uh, from Wired, 25 last-minute deals that will arrive by Christmas. So here, here is the list. Now, some of these, like, I, I have no idea what a uh, Laneige lip-sleeping mask is. I don't know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Is, is, it a, is it a makeup or is it an actual physical thing you put on your face? I don't know how people sleep, sleep with a mask. That's super creepy. Like you, they, like the eyes covered because they you want to have the total darkness, dark yes, total darkness no, which it which came to me over age because I used to be deathly scared of the dark. I mean, a grown man, ridiculously, impossibly afraid of of the dark. I used to go to sleep with the TV on and it would interfere with the sleep, but I couldn't. I it, it was too intense. Without it, it took years to get into uh, having the room be basically dark but not overwhelming i still i still there's there's a nightlight on what 
You, you, you want to fight about it? Okay, fine. You don't think I'm a man. You should imagine what I think of you and your sister. I'm just saying, I think I can admit to the fact that I was scared of the dark, and now I just have a love-hate relationship with it. But the idea of one of those masks freak me, freaks me out. Here is the gift, the Dyson V12 Detect Slim Cordless Vacuum Cleaner. If you're the kind of guy who can get somebody a vacuum cleaner as a gift for Christmas, bravo. That's, that, that is well done. That is, that is impressive. Impressive that you uh, can do that. That is also available. And then there is the Beat Studio Buds. I don't know what works and what does the headphones. I still like a wire. I don't want the wireless. But these are normally 150 bucks. They're $79.95. So some of the Christmas gifts that you can get. I- I'm sponsored by none of these people. I'm sponsored by... None of 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 these people. Uh, then so that was that was list one, and then there's stuff like this: the Apple iPad ninth generation, two hundred fifty dollars. It's eighty dollars off. You can get a Best Buy or Target. Is that a gift that you get where someone's like, "Oh my gosh, I've always wanted this," or is it a gift that you get where somebody's like, "Oh cool, uh, an, another gadget," and they don't do anything with it. I don't think that the gadget gifts are so you can show that you got somebody a gadget or show that you have a gadget, but you don't actually utilize the 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 gadget. Here is a Logitech wired gaming mouse for twenty bucks. Who doesn't have a mouse at this point? These aren't gifts. Oh, this is wired though, so it's all going to be this ridiculousness. It's all going to be this nonsense. Look, if you haven't gotten a gift by now, uh, I I think you should get something. If, if it's important to you. And I just think that, you know, you should, to to the best of your ability, you should shop local. To the best that you can, keep it local this year. It, it's, it's much more important. There's an ethics complaint against Katanji Brown-Jackson. Normally, I wouldn't even discuss this. An ethics complaint. Every four seconds, there's an ethics complaint. Katanji Brown-Jackson, Supreme Court Justice. The violations that she is accused of um, involve, I believe, uh, her husband. The allegations that Jackson, quote, appears to have willfully failed to disclose required information regarding her husband's medical malpractice consulting income for over a decade. And given that the repeated omissions of this information for several years, it is appropriate to refer Justice Jackson to the United States Attorney General. Normally, I'd pay this stuff no mind. But it, it seems that the, this world of, of, of allegations, this world of, of, um, of violations of ethics are utilized in a very, very uh, politically retributive way. And we see this in, in, a, in a lot of places, that somehow the, the political right, oh, you violated this, you violated that, you violated other, we must investigate this, we must do that. When the political left has a, a violation, oh, this is just harassment, this isn't anything. It's, and we always seem to allow that to be the, the standard. What has been alleged regarding Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice, 
over the past couple of years has been disgusting and immoral. You don't have to like his decisions. That's different than whether or not the man is a good justice, and he is. And violations of uh, the Supreme Court regarding a trip or regarding a series of things doesn't exist. Now, you could say, hey, I think you should disclose if, you're t- if someone's buying you a trip. If someone's taking you on their private plane, maybe that should be disclosed. But there were no violations. And then you take uh, people that he's associated with, with Harlan Crow, one of those people. Oh, my gosh, how terrible. What's wrong with that dude? You don't like him, so what? But you're now going to make the accusation, oh, it proves his bigotry, it proves that Everything is done to the extent of, of, of hateful. So it is, I think, as a matter of learning, when there is, oh, forgive me, again, just this little dumb cough. When there is an allegation, why am I ignoring it? Here. Here's the here's the uh, uh, allegation uh, of impropriety, the violation from the leftist Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, who cannot tell you what a woman is. Why shouldn't that be as front page as anything else? I bring it up to you because this is exactly the problem, and I don't say that I'm not part of the problem in this one. I want to talk about the things, the, 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 the issues that matter. And I ignore Claptrap. For everything that has been said about Clarence Thomas, I haven't engaged the conversation that much. I certainly haven't engaged it recently. But if I do not respond to things like this, while other people are making massive hay out of something about Clarence Thomas, how will they learn how to be normal? They believe they can get away with anything, anytime they want. They believe they can get away with anything. They can attack and attack and attack and vilify and destroy, and you have to take it. And if you now have a question about somebody, well, that's just proof that you're a racist. Remember, an allegation against black justice Clarence Thomas, well, that's justified. An accusation against black justice Katanji Brown-Jackson is proof that you're a racist. That, that's, the, that's the way it works. So I bring it up because there's this allegation. Do I, do I know if, if it's going to bring anything uh, seriously uh, problematic? Did it change the way? Do these violations involve things that involve how she has ruled on things regarding the, the court or, or uh, previous courts? I have absolutely no idea. But I thought it was worth bringing up. An ethics violation or an, a claim should, should at least be looked at. But it shouldn't be brought up for purposes of retribution. It should be brought up because there's an issue. But we're not at that stage. We're well past that stage. I'm trying to figure out how to get there. We get there by being clear and direct and forcing the other side to recognize that they can't get away with certain things. Let me give you an example. 
The Lincoln Memorial was vandalized. This took place, uh, or I should say the story took place yesterday, where there were cleanup crews at the Lincoln Memorial, between the reflecting pool and the Lincoln, where graffiti was found, including messages of free Gaza. Paint all over the stairs. The the uh, free Gaza people are, of course, Hamas supporters, and they want Jews dead. These are Jew-hating, worthless bigots, whether they be the Democratic Socialists, which is to say the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party, which is to say the Democratic Party, or the media, which is to say the Democratic Party. Oh, oh, ask me how I really feel. I'll tell you. I mean, they wrote land back, spray-painted, on the Lincoln Memorial. So yes, these people are disgusting, these people are violent, and these people are guilty of crimes. This should be a moment of, hey, 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 everybody. Protest is just fine in the United States, but don't deface our monuments. And you don't deface the monument of the guy who fought the war to end slavery. You don't deface the monument of the guy of the Emancipation Proclamation. You know who says that? Me. That's it. You know how many people from MSNBC are going to say that? 0.0. Over at CNN, 0.0. They won't. They won't say this is not a way to act. There will be no one who's like, guys, we don't, we don't do this thing. You don't engage in, 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 uh, in vandalism. I bring it up to you because every day it is worthy to remind oneself what it is that will be excused from their side and what it is that they will call out from the other. Now, what you might say to me is, Tony, that's just the way of the world. That is just the way people are. I'm here to say to you, that is not the way we can be. I get the point of the people who say, I'm sick and tired of being told everything I do is wrong and somehow everything they do is just fine. They have to be held to account. That's the only way they'll learn. I agree with that. But you have to understand that if we're going to hold people to account, everybody's going to get held to account. And I don't think that's a bad thing. There is a reason to hold people to account. You know, the the, the funniest thing about Alinsky and the rules for radicals, which, you know, is, is, is really predicated on, on, on some evil stuff. One of the rules for, for, for radicals is um, the price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. It is the, the idea that um, if you uh, engage to try and make a quote-unquote change, you have to now accept the fact 
that you might have a result. You 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 might win. Well, you got to be able to do that. And so if you're holding people to account, you have to expect that you would be held to account. I'm just saying that that you got to know that going in. If Katanji Brown Jackson, if Justice Jackson was involved and her husband in something duplicitous, I, I think it has to be dealt with. I think it has to be dealt with. But that means that somebody, uh, some justice on the political right, if they were to have an ethics complaint, it would be something to have to deal with. And maybe if everybody is held to a standard, we'll have less of the frivolous and then things that are actually an issue. But if we allow Clarence Thomas to just get abused and we say nothing about Ketanji Brown Jackson or anybody else, then uh, those who want to destroy you and, well, they're out there, are emboldened to continue to do just that, thinking that you will never respond or trying to diminish your response. So they have to be held to account. You have to bring the subjects up. That's why I do it. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. in the middle of a recall two and a half million vehicles this because of a fuel pump the national highway transportation safety administration the models include 2018 through 2020 accord civic crvs the acura line the mdx and the rdx the tlx and the ilx that's a that's a lot of stuff uh right right there um you'll start seeing things in the mail the fuel pump inside the fuel tank can fail, leading to stalled engines and an increasing the risk of a crash. That does not sound like something a car should do. Meanwhile, Rudy Giuliani is filing for bankruptcy protection. I get it. You've got, what was it, $180 million that you said he was responsible for? $170 million for defamation? Well, he's got debts that include a recently uh, that, that, that civil judgment. Um, and he's saying, look, I, y- you can't have it all. I've got debts. I've got things. I'm going to get the protection a- as an American citizen. He's filing uh, estimates that he has assets between, worth between a million and t- I think 10 million. I think that's what he's saying. Even though it's written oddly here. An estimated liabilities of between 100 and 500 million. And then people are going to say, how dare he? American citizen taking advantage of the opportunities provided to all American citizens. That's how dare he. No one is surprised. That two women can get $150 million for defamation? That, I think that's a little bit more surprising.
This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So I'm going to need your help because I do not know much about the dating world today. I'm I'm a happily married guy. I have been for years. I never once did a, an ounce of online dating in my entire life. Never happened. I'm not looking to, by the way. Settle settle down, everybody. Tony Katz. I mean, I know some people got their hopes up. Breathe. I've spoken for. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. No, this is a story about a uh, about a video that has people talking. Now, any video that comes from TikTok. I am saying I, I, I don't know if it can be believed. Everything that happens on there, I assume in the main is generated for the click. That's my take. But this is a story of a young woman. If you told me she was 20, I'd believe you. She could be 23 for all I know. She's in California, which could could uh you know uh, poison the well there but but go with it and she's talking about who she's been dating and going on a, a date the 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 account that posted it uh, wrote homegirl reverted back to factory settings in the presence of masculinity six years of women and gender studies down the drain listen I went on a date this week and I felt the feminism leaving my body. I live on the east side of LA and if you don't know what that means, it's sort of like the artsier part of LA, you know, it's it's people say it's like Brooklyn and New York. Like so I go on dates with a lot of men and women who I don't think anybody refers to the east side of LA as anything remotely having to do with Brooklyn. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, uh she goes on a lot of dates with men and women. So she's she's giving you her the, the the full of what she's about but wait for it who you know live over here there's always a negotiation about who pays and that's great i like to pay for people all that but what i will say is that i sort of fell into going on a date with the most guys guy i've ever been on a date with and he's from west west you know santa monica he's a bro right a guy's guy is usually not my type. Like, I cannot remember the last time that I went on a date with, like, a straight bro's bro. You know what I'm saying? But it befell me. It befell me in an organic fashion. So I'm on this date with this guy. And the thing about a guy's guy is he's putting his card down. He's paying for everything. And I really 
just, it sort of activated something feral in me. I'm not going to lie. He went to like another bar and he went, he was going to go to the bathroom. So I was getting prepared to pay for our drinks because he's been paying all night. Of course, I'm going to pay for the next round. But as he's going to leave for the bathroom, he turns to me and he hands me his credit card and he goes, here's my card. Get us whatever. It might be time for me to get away from all these, you know, liberal snowflakes on the east side. And that's the video. She is, she can't believe that a guy said to her, here's my card, get whatever. There are, there are, there are many of us. First, I I must say, you gave the card, you didn't give, you, you didn't have cash. I don't understand the cash thing. And I know, I know I am the most dying breed that I carry cash. I carry, look, if you want to come at me, come at me. Uh, I carry cash. I am not afraid to carry cash. I ain't afraid to buy the thing when the moment comes in cash. I, I, I am on an island on this one. And I do not understand men who don't carry cash. I didn't say you couldn't have a credit card. I didn't say you couldn't have Apple Pay. I do not understand men who do not carry cash. But let's leave that to the side. This girl had somebody give her a credit card and say, get us whatever. And she literally melted. Can someone explain to me what the hell is going on in America with dating? Can someone explain to me? What it is that young women, women in their 20s, are being subjected to by so-called men, that this is something they've never seen before and is of such strength that they quite literally fall apart. That woman is four seconds away from saying, how many babies do you want from me? I know, I know, cold-hearted, but fact, she couldn't believe it. So now I want to know what the hell's going on. Now I need a little bit of help. You're telling me that as a standard, guys don't pay? I am not making the argument that in a relationship, especially as it's going um, and, and building out, that it is, it's, it's, it's a respectable thing when a woman says, hey, let me, let me take care of this. And when I say it's respectable for them to say so, I don't let it happen. I would never let it happen. It wouldn't dawn on me to let it happen. Are you insane? But what is ha- what is happening? Guys don't pay? Now, you understand, ladies, that some of that, a vast majority of that, nearly all of that is your fault. Your feminism, nonsense, garbage, claptrap, BS. Your fault. When you see guys who are not men, but they're beta males, who would rather be in the basement playing video games, that's your fault, ladies. Because you allowed the feminists, these progressive jerks, to attack, berate, shame, emasculate men and the opportunity for them to be men for years, you did it in elementary school, you did it in middle school, you did it in high school, you do it in in, in, uh, in culture all the time, and they said, screw this. I don't want to be any part of this. This sucks. 
ask somebody out and then what? I, I say something wrong and the next thing you know, I'm called a rapist or I'm called to this or I'm a bigot that. I get thrown out of college this. My life is over here. I'm going to get sued over there. Forget that. Let's play Fortnite. And I'm not anti-Fortnite. It's a fun game. I am saying I find, uh, I find women uh, uh, more uh, enjoyable than Fortnite. That's me. That's me. What can I say? I'm old school. My wife, more enjoyable than Fortnite. Don't get me wrong. If you can snipe somebody, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, but don't also get me wrong. Snipes. That was another Letter Kenny reference. I could do those all day. What is happening in the world where this girl, her life is altered, altered by someone saying, here's my card, get whatever. Now, I I will say, strong move. Problem is, the only move. As a matter of fact, I am not quite so sure what another move could possibly be. This conversation, this this video, has led to a lot of conversation and people talking about the whole idea of something called trad wife. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, of, of the term trad wife, T-R-A-D. Um, we're talking about the idea of traditional roles in culture. So trad wife is the woman who stays home, is the woman who makes the meals, those kinds of, uh, of things. Everything that a feminist would tell you is wrong. Not necessarily wrong. Because I think people look at this and kind of relate it to this concept of, 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 of power dynamic. And somehow engaging in some level of traditional role means that you're giving something up um, maybe you, you are, especially when you're talking about, I don't know, emptiness or uh, dating guys who can't figure out how to pay for dinner. Now, there's something very, very ugly about this, this, this video and, and this girl's statement that the thing that that turns her on is that somebody else paid. And it could lead one to believe that at the first, it's about the money. It's not. I, I get that's what it sounds like, but it's not. It is the idea of A, you matter, and B, I've got this. I can take care of this. I can take care of you. There are some in the progressive world who would be insulted by such a concept. I would suggest never marrying and procreating with those people. Because those people will never, ever, ever be worth your time. They can't be worth your time. Somebody who is offended by the concept of being cared for is not somebody to be around. As a man, you absolutely want to be somebody who does the the caring. It's not that caring doesn't come back your way. It just comes back differently. 
And you want somebody who appreciates that they're being taken care of. Not kept. Not degraded. We're not talking about putting anybody in a cage. Right? This isn't the league. We're discussing the idea of wanting to care for somebody and somebody wanting to be cared for that reciprocal, valuable relationship. And yes, men, men are supposed to take care of the family in that way. This, I I can picture how someone's hearing this for the first time in that nobody has ever engaged this with them before and never once in any of the gender studies classes that or gender studies adjacent classes that they've been forced to be a part of did they ever hear such a thing what is it like for an entire generation or two to not only be just basically misled but lied to and not just the men She fi- she feels herself sliding uh, back, you know, uh, maybe she thinks it's regressing. Or maybe it's, wait a second, this is how I want to be treated. Now, I didn't say what kind of restaurant it had to be, or what kind of going out it had to be, or how much money it had to be, because the idea of spending a lot of money, meaning a lot of love, is not necessarily true. It is about the idea of men being able to say, I got this, I got you, I'll take care of this, I can take care of this, I want to take care of this. That is powerful, and yes, it is attractive. And yes, women, not these feminist children, women value it. This video is outstanding. I will have it posted over at TonyKatz.com so you can share it with others and get their take. There is a place for men in the world and toxic masculinity is not real. Masculinity is valuable and good and important and necessary and attractive. And when you put it out into the world, what you will attract, hopefully, are women. Not these ridiculous, you know, uh, feminist freaks that you see on social media, but women who will be very thankful to meet you. Trust me, guys, this video, this story, this isn't the one-off. It's the norm. I'm Tony Katz.
It's one thing to talk about people that are trying to come into the United States for a number of reasons. You know, I'll remind the viewers that it is not unlawful for somebody fleeing persecution, fleeing an authoritarian regime like we see in Venezuela, for example, to come to the United States seeking asylum. There's a process for that that we need to invest in more hearing officers, more judges, etc. But that's a very different population than some of the people who have been in the United States for a long time. Yes, undocumented. We know many of them as dreamers, young people who were brought here by their parents when they were infants in many cases. But Listen to me, Senator Padilla. If you're going to try and still spin this yarn, uh, you are the problem. The people who are coming across aren't asylum seekers. They're migrants. They're being trained, coached, taught how to lie. Never mind those people who are young men, fighting age men, whether they come from South America, Central America, Africa, or China, and we're letting them into the country. Those are not dreamers. Would you stop it, you despicable liar? It's enough. We're not going to solve the problem if you're going to sit there on Good Morning America and, you know, engage in this this fantasy talk about how we have to be, oh, so decent and so loving. Would you stop? We have to be honest and clear and forthright. And I have much more to get to uh, about the border. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. They're lying when they claim asylum. And the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations that are doing this, those people should be thrown in jail. They're guilty of treason as far as I'm concerned. Chinese nationals, grown men, you're letting them come across the border? They just want a better life? You're out of your head. Part of our border problem is that we have absolutely no willingness to say, that ain't right. You can't come. You are not here with a wife and children. You're here on your own. You're 24 years old. You go back to China. You go fight Xi Jinping. You go fight the Politburo. We we want you to win, by the way. You're insane. You're a 26-year-old, able-bodied Nicaraguan man. Go make Nicaragua great. Oh, and please... Keep up with the cigars, because the work you're doing out of Esteli and Jalapa, glorious. Same thing with Costa Rica. Same thing with El Salvador. It's an unserious conversation that the senator from California is putting forward here. It is nonsense that is meant to be nothing more than spoon-fed ridiculousness to a group of people very happy to lap it up. And you think that the issue is Trump policies? Wholeheartedly support. Uh, but for whatever reason, folks have chosen to try to link this negotiation to uh, border and immigration policy, which is important. Uh, I, but I don't think one should necessarily be held hostage for the other. Now, on the topic of border and immigration, uh, the concern really starts with what we hear is being entertained by the White House and being uh, forced upon the negotiation table by Republicans. And that's frankly the 
failed policies of the Trump administration. No need to go back there. Uh, is there an increased number of folks coming to the border uh, in recent uh, months, in the uh, last couple of years? Yes, and it's important to understand why if we're going to responsibly and sustainably address it. But return to the, pun- the Trump policies, we know, is not the solution. What failed? You didn't say. That's right. There's nothing to say. Remain in Mexico is not a failed policy. As a matter of fact, the Biden administration is trying desperately to get back to it. Walls are not a failed policy. As Border Patrol has explained, they work. They've explained it on every level. We've got uh, the audio. We've got the stories. We've done the interviews. Not you, Senator Padilla. Clearly. What's the failed policy? This is the type of nonsense that one must fight. There, are the the idea that that Trump border policies failed is a lie. What we're doing now fails. Trump border policies were actual policies. Were they perfect? No. Do we need more? Yes. Changes? Sure. Better than what we have now? Without question. This isn't debate. But they will lie. Because they hate you more than they love the country. And that means hating Trump more than anything. Remember, it's not about Trump. It's about you. I'm Tony Katz. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So the Pacers get the W over the Charlotte Hornets, and it's oh, it's a big win. It's a super huge win. They win by, like, was it, 30 points. It's massive. They're off the schneid. They're on it. They're back on a roll. Who's kidding who here? Who's kidding who here? This is their first win after dropping four, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to believe uh, that that the Pacers are, are back on it? All their fortunes have turned around. They've figured out the defensive woes. They've got their, their offensive groove back. Everything's beautiful. Why, why are we having this conversation? And why do people immediately do this? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. JMV joins us. The voice of sports in Indiana from 93.5, 107.5, the fan in Indianapolis. Pacers 144. The Hornets 113, holding them to 113. It's the fewest points by a a, uh, Pacers opponent since uh, they held the Celtics to that number on December 4th. This game is proof that the Pacers are back, baby? It does not. Now, that uh, Celtics win was much more impressive with what they brought to the table there. But I'll tell you what it was, Tony. Don't completely overlook it because Charlotte played a significant role last night at Cambridge Fieldhouse, and that was the role of slump buster. And that's exactly what the Pacers needed because they were in a slump. They just needed a win no matter who they were playing last night. Needed a win, needed to feel good. 
you know, there are a myriad of excuses that people have used. Uh, it was the in-season tournament. It was the travel, blah, 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 whatever. Whatever the reason, they just weren't playing well, and that's what I got. That's what I saw. You even go back to that Washington game. That was incredibly bad. It was embarrassing what they did on Monday night at home against Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. I mean, those guys are all clowning on the Pacers. They just needed a win. Uh, they were slumping, and that slump buster was in the form of the Charlotte Hornets. Thank you very much last night. Now, to your point, more of the proof is where this team is is going to be tonight. Because second of a back-to-back on the road at Memphis, John Morant, his home debut after that start of the season suspension because he always wanted to have a picture taken, put on the Internet with a gun in his hand or something like that or around one. So he's coming back from that suspension. He's been back one game, made a game winner. He'll be back for his home opener tonight. That is going to be much more of, to me, a gauge of where this Pacer team is right now coming off of last night than last night. Last night was just necessary, above all else. Is it that the Pacers need to show again that they can actually play some defense? Or does it or is this a was this has been has this been an energy conversation? Has this been a team just out there flat, a team that really was tired? Maybe indeed they left it all out on the court before the in season tournament and they just needed some time. Well, I mean this league is, is one that is built on especially if you want to win at a higher level, you want to win in the postseason, you gotta play both ends. And let's just face it. The Pacers play both ends when they want to play both ends. And I guess you can, you know, maybe attribute that to the lack of energy, having that zapped out of you, not being home for two weeks or whatever. But you better get used to it because things are not going to be easy. Teams are not going to let them free flow offensively and get whatever they want. It's going to be much more difficult than that. And I will say this, it's better that they find this out right now because they still have time to do something about it. I still will question whether or not these guys are going to be engaged enough to truly be a defensive team that can help take them places. But I will say this, if they're able just to give a little bit more and able to, you know, be in a game to where they can get fourth quarter stops to me, that can make up for just an ability on that side of the basketball that this Pacer team, I don't think they have, but, they can certainly show a little bit more resistance, for example, than they did on Monday night. I mean, you got three Hall of Famers, I understand, but there was no resistance. There was no interest in playing on that side of the basketball, and that's what they have to get over. And again, it's better that you find this how to try to do something about it right now than coming up in March and then kind of put your hands up and go, oh, we are who we are. Talking to JMV, he's the voice of sports in Indiana from 93.5-1075, the fan in Indianapolis. Uh, before we get to the Colts, let's just a little bit of, of college uh, basketball. I don't even know if I want to discuss IU and 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 winning by one uh, the, the, the other day. And, and we're supposed to think that this team is ready for prime time. And then heading up the road a little bit to Purdue, which is the number one team in college basketball, I'm asking a question out loud. Maybe I'm the only one. Are they really the number one team in college basketball? Start with IU and then uh, move me uh, uh, up to West Lafayette. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, too. You look at IU and IU fans are saying, hey, it doesn't matter how you win, just win against Moorhead State. But it was awful. It was ugly. That first half was terrible. And had it not been for a late-game run and then that final stop they got defensively, I mean, you lose that game. They already right now, in terms of the tournament in March, they have no really good wins at all, nothing really close to it, and a Moorhead State loss like that. 
give you a great example, Purdue played Moorhead State, beat it by 30 earlier this year. I mean, Moorhead State, simply put, not that good. They had a hot player the other night, and IU just didn't show up in the first half. But at least they didn't lose. From Purdue's standpoint is, yeah, they're legit number one. And what's funny about this is Boilermaker fans really as a whole don't want to hear anything about it. Seriously, I tell them all the time, hey, embrace this. Embrace this because this is a special brand of basketball, but they won't want to have it. They worry about what's going to go on in March, what's going to happen when you're the number one seed. They clearly right now, Tony, have the best resume bar none in college basketball with their top 15 wins. Impressive across the board, but only the Boilermaker fans, what will matter is what you end up doing in March. And that comes from last year losing to Fairleigh Dickinson. It comes from years upon years of being disappointed in March. That's what they're looking for right now. So really, it's odd because they're not even able to celebrate this right much. They go, oh, okay, that's great. Okay, what are we going to do in March? It is. I, it's, uh, it, it has to be mind-blowing for some of these Boilermaker fans, but Number one, they are the best resume in college basketball so far they have, and they've been beyond impressive. Let's move it over to the Indianapolis Colts. And before we get to Jonathan Taylor back, you've got two suspensions. You have the the Colts saying of of Brown and, oh, is it McKenzie? That's it. Um, Yeah. You're, you you were healthy scratches for the Steelers games, and now both of these players, especially when you're down a Michael Pittman Jr. from that crazy hit uh, in, in the Steelers game, Isaiah McKenzie, your punt returner, Tony Brown, your cornerback, suspended for the final three games, uh, co- conduct detrimental to the team. What was the conduct? Nobody knows. Oh, come on. No, I don't. I don't. Listen, I'm just honestly, I don't, I don't know what it is. I've asked. I know everybody else has asked nationally. I know they've asked, and I haven't heard anything. I've heard a garden variety of rumors. I mean, some some are outrageous, um, others not so much. But, Tony, I will tell you this. It had to be something incredibly bad, considering they go from healthy scratches, um, and then this week not only do you suspend them. I can't remember the last time the Colts suspended a player, much less two, for conduct detrimental for the final, really for the final three regular season games for the end of the season. And then they removed their name tags from the locker room. So it, it was something I, I wish I had an answer for you. I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I don't know what it is other than all the rumors, you know, there have been rumors from, you know, a fight with one another um, that boiled over to other stupidity. And I don't know what's what, at least concretely right now, but it had to be something. It had to be something because we we have not seen anything of this magnitude, really, from from very many teams, much less this Colts team. And you, you, I guess you can look at it two different ways. When you looked at Chuck Pagano, when you looked at Frank Reich, everybody wanted and felt that it was soft regimes and the players needed to be held accountable. Well, that's one thing clearly Shane Steichen is doing right now. I mean, there is a level of accountability. And there's also been a high level of suspensions when you think about it with this team. Now, the one thing that you can look at as far as these two is that from what I've heard, there's nothing come down. You know, because gambling was something because the Colts had – an issue, obviously, with Isaiah Rogers in that capacity. But, you know, the NFL hadn't come down with anything yet. So unless the Colts have been ahead of the NFL on this and these suspensions, 
And it's just a lot of a mystery as to what led to it. But it must have been incredibly egregious for the Colts to take the measures in which they did. And you know, a lot of the fan base out there are happy because they feel like there's that level of accountability in the last two coaching regimes that clearly was not there. I think that if you're talking about accountability, it's one thing. Transparency is something different. Detrimental yeah. to the team, you would think, is something that we, uh, or I would say a fan base, gets to know about. Yeah, well, no, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you, and it, it's more of a mystery because you know, obviously, it's nothing that the NFL has decided to come down on yet. Normally, that is the case. So the holidays on yeah, Dance I mean, Farm weren't I, very. I can only go with what the rumors that you hear so far, and I think some are actually made up. Others, maybe not so much. But uh, Shane Steichen said yesterday that he's going to keep that in house, and I know that everybody around me has been working really hard to try to find out and nationally they're working really hard to try to find out and uh, mom is the word right now but yeah i'd like to know we could have a longer conversation with this in mind if we may talking to jmv he's the voice of sports in indiana and we move on to the colts and the falcons you're gonna have uh, uh jonathan taylor teams back in the saddle zach moss i don't know if he's gonna be playing or, or, or not you don't have michael pittman uh, talk to me about this matchup. What is it that you see? Well, I see a team once again in the Colts that needs to handle a team and not play down to that level. If you watch the act, even in the weather last week in Charlotte against Carolina, you know, you saw what that Falcons team looked like. And remember, Tony, they made a quarterback change earlier this week. It's not going to be Desmond Ritter under center. It's going to be Taylor Heineke. And before you say, well, Taylor Heineke's not any good, uh, last, the Colts saw Taylor Heineke. He was working the Colts in a, a win at Lucas Oil Stadium as the quarterback of the Washington Commanders right. a year ago in October. So he has done that work before. This team, Tony, just don't play down to your competition. Just don't play down to it. And I, we've kind of made a point with the Pacers at times doing that. Don't play down. Handle the business the way that you should. And this is a game that they, they should be able to to handle. And again, nothing's ever going to really be that easy for the Colts because they're simply put not that good. They're not good enough for them to be that easy. But man, you would like to see Tony them bottle what they had in the second half against the Steelers. I thought with this group, and I'm talking about the guys on the field in the second half, that was about as perfect of a performance offensively as this group could play and could give us. And man, if you could bottle that and give some more then you got something really to think about here as we go to the tail end of the season. So you're the Colts. Jonathan Taylor is back for this game? Yeah, that's what I'd expect. I mean, he was out there today. I mean, we won't know until this weekend, but I would expect, and I've expected all along that this would be the timetable for his his return. But, yeah, and, and, you know, living on Goodson, you know, living on Trey Sermon, and, and really, Tony, what we didn't talk about is their offensive line. That offensive line played in the second half against the Steelers as well, as we have seen a Colts offensive line play collectively in a long time. And I'm talking about going back years, not just with this group, but with other groups. Again, if you can have anything like that, this Colts team's able to run, that is about as good, about as perfect as this offense can be. So I would expect Jonathan Taylor to be back. But I wouldn't lose sight of the fact that last week you got a lot of help and a lot of production from guys you didn't expect, and that all started with the offensive line playing its best game in ages. 
And then you have the reality that Michael Pittman Jr., um, who seems like he's going to be okay, I, he won't be in, in, in this game. He seems to be uh, out, out for this game. Your Gardner Minshew. Uh, Pittman's your target, man. Uh, as yeah. much as people talk up downs, Pittman's the target. So is this um, – you, you're going to have Montgomery, I think, for this game who had the touchdown last week and the touchdown he should have had and and, and, and dropped. Uh, this receiving core, as is uh, Sands Pittman, enough for Minshew to still be, you know, 18 for 28 and 264 yards? I'd like to hope so. Now, they did work out. If you saw this yesterday, they brought in – actually, I think it was on Tuesday. They brought in Jarvis Landry, the veteran wide receiver. Oh, from the Browns. Yeah, a, a slot guy. I, obviously, there hasn't been anything worked out, or we'd have heard about it right now, I would gather. But they brought him in. So, you know, what you're talking about, the point is made regarding Michael Pittman Jr. They're going to need some help there in some capacity. So they brought him in. They brought uh, Kiki QT in, who had been with this team before. You know, another kind of slot wide receiver, most notably with the Houston Texans. But they're bringing guys in to take a look. That is a major, major downfall, though, with no Michael Pittman Jr. Because what you said earlier is the most accurate, is that he is he's the safety valve. He's the guy that he trusts the most offensively to throw to, and he's going to catch it. And that's Gardner Menchu to Michael Pittman Jr. So, you know, playing without him, um, if that's the expectation, that is going to be very difficult on this offense. But I, hopefully we're seeing a Gardner Minshew that now has kind of soaked up this offense. He looks so good on Sunday or checked out on Saturday against the Steelers in the decision-making. I just thought as a whole this offense looked as good as you could actually want it to look. And I think that's something that they can roll into this Atlanta game because, to me, it starts where they wanted to start, up front with that offensive line. JMV, he is the voice of sports in Indiana, 93.5, 107.5, the fan out of Indianapolis is where you hear him. JMV, always a pleasure, man. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. If by some chance your Christmas shopping is it not complete? Let's go barbecue and let's go bourbon. I wrote the books, people. I wrote the book on bourbon. I wrote the book on barbecue. So, so the bourbon book was was the first book, and this is really it, it is a reader. It is the law. It is basics. It's quotes. It's it's meant to like be there in the bathroom or be there by the bar as a quick reference guide. That's all it was ever meant for. We're doing a second version of it. That'll be out in 2024. That one's gonna get more in depth. Let's go barbecue. We really started getting an idea of, okay, here's how we write books over there at Eat, Drink, Smoke, My Cigar and Bourbon Show. Recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. The whole story about uh, how we engage briskets, uh, the, the, the history of, of smoked meat, the whole Thanksgiving turkey thing. It is, a, a we think, a great read, an enjoyable read. It's, it's helpful in every way, and it is the best stocking stuffer available. And that's right, I'm tooting my own dad. If I had a horn, I would toot 
right now. Let's go BBQ, recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. And Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed. Both available at Amazon.com. We're talking Christmas, people. Order now and you'll have it. It'll be in the stocking and Christmas will be saved. Once again, a Jewish guy bringing you a good holiday. What, too soon? No? I thought that was pretty good myself. Get the books. I'm Tony Katz. This, oh, that was funny. You stop it. This is Tony Katz today. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Why are the sports guys getting into the politics? I mean, they've been doing it for years, and they always do it. I shouldn't say always. That's not fair. In, in, the, in the majority of cases, they do it horrifically. It always to the political left. And when they try to do it to the political right, they, it, it's so far over the top, populism versus anything of a basis, uh, that, that it's laughable. But they keep doing it with impunity. And then I've got people who get on my case because I'm doing more sports stuff. I should leave it to them. Stephen A. Smith gets to say whatever he wants and somehow I'm, I have to be in a box? Holy hell, that ain't happening. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Stephen A. Smith over there at ESPN, very upset with Texas Governor Greg Abbott. This is about legislation that says that the state, meaning state law enforcement, can make arrests regarding illegal immigrants. And Stephen A. Smith is angry. Greg Abbott, you ever heard of him? He's the governor for the state of Texas. On Monday, that governor, Governor Abbott, signed a bill into law that will allow the police to arrest migrants who entered the U.S. illegally. This law, which takes effect in March, allows any Texas law enforcement officer to arrest people who are suspected of entering the country illegally. Uh, First, uh, we just took Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado for insurrection, which he was never charged with and was never found guilty of. So maybe calm down just a bit or engage a little bit of applying a thought process all across the spectrum. Uh, Secondly, what's your issue? What is your issue? In, In Arizona, going back over a decade, there was Senate Bill 1070, which said that when police were engaged in a lawful stop, detention, or arrest, they could ask the country of origin. What country are you from? That was met with a huge amount of derision. As a matter of fact, you had people saying, don't come to Arizona. Members of the Arizona delegation of Congress saying, don't come to Arizona, don't have conventions in Arizona. It was surreal. Stephen A. Smith goes on to say, this bad, ladies and gentlemen, this is a disgrace. It's inhumane, and it opens the floodgate to further divide our nation because when you have law enforcement that literally can arrest people over a suspicion, think about that for a second. People can be arrested who are suspected of entering the country illegally. He continues, do you realize that means a law enforcement official can walk up to somebody and say, all right, they look Hispanic. Okay, their English is broken. They don't speak fluent English. So that could be a cause for me to arrest them. And then, of course, he screams that it's racist. 
if Stephen A. Smith was more honest about his um, engagement, he would discuss that Texas is in a very bad spot. And this bad spot has now been felt by New York and Chicago, Martha's Vineyard, etc., as Texas has sent people who are in the country illegally uh, to these places and sent them because they need to feel what it is Texas feels because these people are not entering Texas. They're entering the United States. They're coming to the United States, but you think it should be a Texas problem. Texas can't get help from the federal government. Joe Biden fails to do the job. Congress, and you can argue that Republicans and Democrats failed to do the job. So Greg Abbott is trying to do the job. The idea that the position of Abbott is one of racism is proof that Stephen A. Smith has not spent much time on the position, that he lacks the study to be able to engage it properly. Now, this happens when people want to be seen as good as opposed to actually thinking through a position. What is happening is that Greg Abbott is reacting to a lack of effort and a lack of desire and a lack of need by saying we have to fill in the gaps. And it isn't predicated on the idea of racism, it's predicated on the reality that people are coming in. They're coming in in droves, whether it be in Texas or whether it be in Lukeville, Arizona, or or other places. And your answer, Stephen A. Smith is, oh well, your answer to the people of Texas, look, I get it, you hate the Cowboys, but your answer to the people of Texas is too bad. And I believe that Greg Abbott should send the next batch of people who are in the country illegally to your doorstep. They should live with you, Stephen A. Smith. That's exactly what, if I'm Greg Abbott, I send them directly to Stephen A. Smith's door or I send them directly to Bristol, uh, Connecticut, to the ESPN offices. Have you no regard for what it is Texas is going through? Do you have no regard for the lack of, of, of decency within the border conversation? Let me give you the latest data, Stephen A. Smith. Data being something that I don't know if you work with. It seems that you work with anger and you work with, 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 with emotional pablum as opposed to anything else. Here it is. This woman from Colombia crossed into the United States illegally as many, many people do. So she was told, here's your date to check in with ICE, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. You can do it in New York City in 2031. Eight years from now, that's when she checks in. For eight years, she's in the country illegally. Do you think we should do something about that? Do you think that we should have an enforcement mechanism regarding that? Do you think we should make changes about that? I would hope your answer is yes, Stephen A. Smith. I don't know what it is. But the idea that the Texas law enforcement folk are all a bunch of racists and we've signed racism into law and we're now going to go and we're going to go get those brown people. My God, you don't even understand what's happening at the border. Do you understand how many people are OTM? Do you know what OTM stands for other than Mexican? How many people are not South American or Central American? The numbers of Chinese nationals we have coming across the border, this work for you? Does this work for you? 
Joe Biden does nothing. Congress refuses to act because you have people on the politically left side of the aisle who want open borders and want the drain on America. Then you have the non-governmental organizations at the border who teach people to lie and claim asylum. Those people, by the way, should go to jail for hundreds of years. Teaching people to lie to enter the country illegally, that is a crime, I would argue, treasonous. You go to jail, or, or worse, and we can have that conversation. Texas is trying to solve a problem. Well, they're solving it with racism. No, you decided it was racist because you wanted a real feel-good take for your show, as opposed to asking what it is we're dealing with. In any situation, anywhere, I think that you could say, well, the problem with legislation like this is that you could have this issue. That would be rational. It would be rational to say legislation like this can lead to an issue. Never mind the idea that you're going after brown people. You could be going after Americans and questioning Americans who should not necessarily be questioned because, after all, they're American citizens. But if you're not willing to dig deep into the actual issue, which is the failure to protect the border, what have you got? What have you got? Now, maybe if I go about listening to more and more of Stephen A. Smith, he comes to these these conclusions and, 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 and these thoughts. Maybe he does. But the idea that you're going to start by screaming it's a disgrace and it's racist, he says somebody needs to say it, so I'm going to say it. Well, you're so brave. You're so brave, Stephen A. Smith. It's a racist-ass thing to do. Suspicion? Suspected of entering the country illegally? How can you be suspected of entering the country illegally? What what do you even mean by that? Are you saying that nobody can, can, can be suspected of this? The police get reports and they engage a suspect who they believe has broken the law and they engage questioning. Is your argument that that shouldn't happen? Is is this your argument? That no question can take place? That's a weird statement to make. The amount of people crossing right now, whether it be at Eagle Pass or whether it be in Lukeville, you have, as Griff Jenkins of Fox News explained to us, Border Patrol overwhelmed 200 to 1. 200 to 1. We're losing this battle. But I don't think that bothers Stephen A. Smith because, you know, he's got his enclave and he's got his his, his money. He's going to have front row tickets uh, to whatever game LeBron's playing in. So he's good. He's fine. No issues, no problems. Engaging a problem with a piece of legislation is a rational thing to do. I do it all the time. I do it all the time but not looking at the larger issue of the border and saying, look at what Texas is trying to do to be able to protect the people of Texas of all colors because the Biden administration won't. That's the story. That's the story. And you're not willing to do it. You're not willing to engage it. You're not even willing to begin to understand it. What you want to do is show, look how decent I am. I ask the question this way. Are, are you? Are, are you decent? 
I'm asking you a question. This position that you've taken, is this the decent position? That you should have less ways of dealing with the border issue. Of dealing with those crossing the border illegally. Of Texans being able to protect and defend themselves. You scream it's racism. Did you ask? Hey, how does this get implemented? Hey, how do you protect uh, people's rights? Which would be, of course, citizens' rights. Because people who are not citizens, and, and this may come as, as a shock to you, Stephen A. Smith, um, what rights? I, didn't think, I don't think you should be uh, cruel. I'm asking the question, what rights? What rights do they have? And the answer is none constitutionally. None constitutionally. You could even go so far as to say that legislation like this is unconstitutional. You might have an argument, and I don't mind you making that argument. But you're not making an argument logically. You're making an argument screaming about racism as opposed to dealing with an issue. And honestly, that's not helpful. As a matter of fact, it's boring as hell. The legislation is not a disgrace. That our country refuses to act upon having a safe and secure border. That's the disgrace, Stephen A. Smith. That's the disgrace. So when we take a look, when we ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this legislation? This comes from the total failure of the Biden administration. And yes, a total failure of Congress. But let me go just a step further really quickly to Stephen A. Smith's screaming of, uh, of, of racism. A man, that is, that is uh, the low-grade dog food right there. That's the lowest common denominator stuff. Calling Texas law enforcement, calling Greg Abbott, calling Texans bigots and racists, as opposed to what they are, exhausted of being abused and wanting to find a way to make their state safer, therefore the country safer. You could argue this isn't it. But just calling them racists because, well, that's easy and that's what your audience will lap up. Don't ask me to have any respect for that and don't get me to somehow think that Stephen A. Smith on this subject is some kind of mind. Nah. Nah, this was just lowest common denominator drivel without an understanding and a basis, uh, a recognition of exactly how ugly the border is. Just screaming racism? My gosh, anybody could do that. I might as well be listening to Jamel Hill. You want to play in the space, Stephen A. Smith? Go play. I'm not a shut up and dribble guy. You go do. I'm going to do sports. You do the politics. But could you be better at it? Could you have a take that actually moves people to a thought as opposed to just being any old troll on Twitter X? I mean, you're, you're Stephen A. Smith. Act like it. This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey. By this time tomorrow, I expect to have much more data, be able to share more about the the shooting in Prague uh, that that got reported on in downtown and we don't really have numbers yet on people who were killed we don't have uh, suspects don't get me wrong things are going to come out there's going to be people discussing it uh, today it's going to be all over social media as always i take a moment and i wait tony katz tony katz today it's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyCats.com. Uh, uh, so this took place in the Republic. I'm sorry, in, in the Czech Republic, in the capital uh, there in, in, in Prague. Um, some reports saying 10 people dead, 30 others injured. I'm telling you, these things will change. These things will, these stories will morph tomorrow. I hope to have more for you on the subject. What I do have for you is this story about investing in China, which cannot be allowed. I mean, if you as an individual want to take your money and put it into some kind of Chinese investment, I don't know necessarily if I should be able to stop you. But on a national security side, uh, maybe. Maybe just investing in China overall is not something that should be allowed because they should not be supported. But we're taking a look at this reporting from uh, the New York Post where a group called the Future Union found that 56 of the largest 74 American pension plans put money into the Chinese market over the past 36 months. We're talking about billions, $68 billion invested into China where their economy is getting rocked. Uh, if you invested in like Evergrande or Country Garden, these these real estate uh, firms, you're getting destroyed. They're not able to pay back. They're losing billions, like $80 billion. Most importantly, one does not invest in China. There's a national security issue at play. You do not give these people support. You do not give these people protection. You do not in any way, shape, or form help these people at all or in any way. But the second part of it is you're putting pensions in? People who depend on this for their retirement? You're investing in China? That's nuts. That's dangerous. When, when, when you've put into one of these groups that goes uh, belly up, because they will... I mean, China will do things to prop things, uh, companies up and, and, and provide support, but they will go belly up. What are you going to tell the pensioners? What are you going to tell those people who are relying on you? We're talking about, by the way, pensions out of, out of California. You're like, oh, it's California. How about out of Texas? How about the university system? Now, there's something else regarding the university system. Universities should not be allowed to take money from China. That should be against the law. 
China should have no influence on universities at all. Who cares what the professors want? Who cares what the, what the uh, administrators want? I don't care about them. I care about the safety and security of the United States, not the, uh, the safety and, and security of, of their retirement fund or the vacations they want to take. To hell with the professors. To hell with the administration. As a nation, we do not allow the Chinese to have any influence on U.S. universities. As a matter of fact, we don't even allow Chinese students in U.S. universities. No more of these, these visas. And by the way, you can apply that to a whole bunch of countries. No, 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 no. It's a bad idea. But the investment is really dangerous. There's no way that there's a level of safety here. There's just no way. And so I, I, I'm loath to be the guy who's like, there ought to be a law. I hate being that guy. But this is a national security conversation, and, and we're nuts if we allow this to happen. We are nutty if we allow it to happen. Find it all at TonyCats.com, but you already know that, guys. This is Tony Katz Today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So now we're back to visitor restrictions. This what I'm seeing? Is this what I'm seeing? The story is, is that Marion County, that's Indianapolis, the health department encouraging the hospital groups, whether it be IU Health or Ascension St. Vincent, Franciscan, Eskenazi, and Community Health Network to reinstate restrictions because of the rise of respiratory viruses. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-468-8669. 833 got Tony. Look, I've had a cold. I, I guess if, if I did 27 more levels of testing, it would be a respiratory issue. I'm still coughing a little bit. I feel fine. Still coughing a, a, a little bit. And finally, uh, slept last night because the night before, not only did I not sleep, but I swear to you, I thought I had been drugged. It was a super, super weird night. Last night, uh, out, out like a, a, a light slept well. In the past, or it got in the past somewhat confusing, this according to Dr. Virginia Kane, the same doctor who engaged lockdowns and other things during COVID. You remember in Indianapolis, just like in the state of Indiana, the mayor, Joe Hogsett, just like the governor, uh, Eric Holcomb, gave up their role as executive and handed it over to a doctor uh, in Marion County, Virginia Kane, in, in uh, the state, uh, Christina Box, and said, you're in charge. Have a nice day. Now, that's no way to run a state or a city, in, in my view. You're the elected official. What uh, Virginia Kane is saying, the director and chief medical officer of the Marion County Public Health Department, one hospital said one thing and another hospital had different things, but this is the most effective from an infection control standpoint of having all the recommendations to the public where we are all united you're you're forcing them to do this i don't know if they if they feel 
United. This uh, has says that the hospitals are joining together, and the restrictions include no visitors under the age of 18, only two people allowed in at a time in most cases, and no visitors who are sick or have any symptoms themselves. Now, wait a second. You don't need some kind of gathering uh, of hospital uh, administrators to understand that if you're sick, maybe you don't go to the hospital, meaning you don't go visit somebody in the hospital. Symptoms like fever, cough, headache, muscle and joint pain, sore throat or runny nose. Yeah, you don't bring that in. And people know that hospitals are places where you're going to, where you can probably get sick. There are things, it's a hospital. It's where the sick people are. There are things everywhere. But what are we, are, are, are we saying that, are we working our way to the idea that uh, grandpa's ill and you can't say goodbye as he's dying? We're going to get back to this. My advice, my advice, you're going to do what you want. Uh, don't pay any attention to that. The idea that a hospital would have certain rules and certain regulations like it has visiting hours, etc. I've never had any issue with. And in, in the vast amount of cases, I would pay attention to visiting hours. Now, if my wife were really ill, I wouldn't pay any attention to visiting hours. I'm staying right there. You all figure it out. Not interested in your policies. I'm going to be next to my wife. That's my deal with her. And you don't get to decide that deal. I'd rather fight you. Now, everybody is different and will do things as they see fit. This isn't about whether or not a hospital has has a rule or, or, or a set of rules. This seems to be another round of fear-based insanity. I make no argument to the idea that we're seeing, you know, cases of RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, and people getting sick. I'm right here dealing with this stupid lingering cold. Well, Tony, it's COVID. I don't know, maybe. What's the point of getting tested? What is it going to tell me? What is it going to do for anybody? Nothing. Zero. Zip. I have spoken to doctors. I have taken care of myself. I engage medication. I get best the best rest I possibly can, even though uh, every now and then it doesn't work out. That's it. That's exactly what I'm supposed to do, what a rational person does. Sometimes something lingers. So first, let's not get into a panic. One of the things that we, we, could, we could state clearly and kind of be proud of is that the, the, these things have been going on around the country and people haven't lost their minds. And now I see this. And I wonder if we're trying to lead people into losing their minds. Don't freak And I don't think hospitals should be engaged in the idea of adding on to the freak out. Whoa up. Being smart is different than than being radical. I think it makes perfect sense. If you're not feeling well, don't visit somebody in the hospital. But the idea that I can't visit my my grandfather or or my, my aging parent because somebody else thinks there's a problem and, and, and I shouldn't be able to visit them. and uh, Nah, that's, that's silly. Silly. And, and statements like this and this, this coming together to uh, put together visitor restrictions, I think it creates fear. I think it's a very, very bad idea. 
I, I think that working in coordination uh, as, as you are with the Marion County Public Health Department in, in this kind of public way is sending a fear message. I'm out. I'm out and, I, and, I'm, and I'm disappointed in you. A, a mistake. We see that there's a rise in these respiratory issues. You as a hospital are going to make sure people are, are healthy to the very best of your ability. Yeah. Okay. You could have done that without the statements. None of this was necessary. Again, uh, fear-mongering. Now, now, what if I am just, you know, round the bend on this because of everything that happened with COVID and a clear understanding of how people work politically that engaging in the fear helps them to get to some other place? I make no argument that this is just an example of them trying to, uh, you know, in, instill the fear in people and that it'll help them in the election, right? That's the way people go with these things. Oh, they're trying to build this out so you can have mail-in voting because everybody's sick and they've, or they, can, they can cheat and they can steal. Um, mail-in voting clearly creates more opportunities for fraud. Uh, that is an, an unassailable position. And there's no doubt there are people on the political left who want that to happen. I don't think that's what this is. What I think this is, is we have to show a unified front. That's become the new mantra. That's the new wokeness. Their unified front absolutely spreads fear. That's why I oppose it. Guys, just be normal. Just be normal. And accept the fact that this thing is going around. Uh, we, we saw this happening, and it was got referred to as white lung, and we saw advanced cases of pneumonia there in, in areas of Ohio, and, a, of course, you saw the issues happening in China. And we talked about it, and they said, oh, it's just normal pathogens, and everyone said, like, I'm going to believe China. The data is in, and time has passed, and it seems to be normal pathogens. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't something bad in, on the horizon or could be. It's China. Wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. But in this conversation of white lung, I think that was one of the, uh, the, the subjects, and the pneumonia and everything else, we discussed it. Hey, we're seeing this. We'll keep an eye on it. What the data shows is that it is indeed normal pathogens. And one of the places, uh, especially when it comes to China, that is confirming this is Taiwan, and their, for, for lack of a better word, their CDC. Taiwan is so aware of anything China is doing in any given moment because they're the ones who live under threat from China every single day, that if they thought there was some pathogen issue, some illness issue uh, vis-a-vis China, they would be ringing the bell as loud as they could because it would put pressure on China, it would diminish China's uh, capability and would probably help Taiwan, or at least they would hope it would help them engage a level of survival uh, for, for more time before China decides to engage in one China policy and take them. So if Taiwan is saying, look, we've looked at this and we're not seeing an advancement in this, that, and the other, this is just the normal stuff, I'm willing to believe that it's just the normal stuff that what we're seeing is just people getting sick. Good flu seasons, bad flu seasons, same thing. This is an RSV kind of season, respiratory syncytial virus kind of season, other respiratory issues, colds. 
My point is, it, 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 it goes back to this first part. No reason to freak out. No reason to lose one's mind. Being aware means one does not have to lose their head. With this uh, announcement regarding these hospitals, I, 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 I have concern, can I just say it that way, that they're trying to get people to lose their head. That's a, that's a, that's a mistake. Don't lose one's head and wash your hands. That's, that's good practical advice. As you know, I, I am not a doctor, uh, but I have often watched shows on TV uh, about doctors and I'm, I'm pretty sure that should, that should be enough. Doogie Hauser. This is Tony Katz today. The thing that's most dispiriting to me about the overall Republican reaction is that this should be for them a lifeline. You say that you don't like Trumpism, you'd prefer something else, but you just want you know, fewer taxes, here's your opportunity to show some patriotism and some courage, take that lifeline, and coalesce around democracy. Mara Gay is a ridiculous child. She's from the New York Times. She's on the editorial board. Just once again proving uh, how valueless that is, Trump being blocked on the ballot is a chance for Republicans to... Grab on to freedom? What an irrational position from a radical ideologue. And instead, their cowardice runs so deep, in fact, that uh, they can't even do that. They can't even call out uh, the idea of having somebody who incited an insurrection on the ballot because they're so afraid of Donald Trump and his, his voters. That is really disgraceful and it really is concerning because there's been a lot of discussion about the need for republicans to uh really retake their party we need people who don't hate jews and don't hate the constitution to retake the democratic party but hey you know only one thing can be done at a time i guess tony katz tony katz today it's good to be with you. This is their arguments. This is MSNBC, of course. It's Joy Reid's show. This is the kind of thing that, that she does. This is an irrational conversation. The idea that Republicans should be gleeful and joyful and rallying around this decision in Colorado to keep Trump off the ballot, which is so unconstitutional. It's not so unconstitutional. It is clearly unconstitutional. It's a clearly a misrepresentation of the 14th Amendment. And of course, it should be overturned 9-0 by the Supreme Court. Why hasn't it happened already? They should grab onto it. If you really care about freedom, you're willing to suppress the vote, Mara Gay, of uh, 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 the, the New York Times. That's exactly what you're doing. Where is Stacey Abrams to scream and yell about voter suppression? The people of Colorado should not be able to decide for themselves and vote. Trump should not be allowed on the ballot. Is How is it not a conversation of voter suppression? 
I'm surprised this hasn't come up in other places. It's an abuse of power from elites like yourself, progressives, who want to decide that the people shouldn't have a say because you don't like what they may say. You hate the people. You believe you have to decide for the people. You think that the courts should make it impossible for people to make their own choices and only make the choice that you present them and somehow manage to say to them, well, these are the choices. Hey, we, we followed the law. It's an abuse. And every rational person sees it. And thank goodness uh, that they see it so they can fight back on it properly. MSNBC is doubling down. MSNBC loves it. It is, it is remarkable to witness, except it's not. This was Rachel Maddow on MSNBC. She was by phone answering the question about or discussing uh, Trump being removed from the ballot in Colorado by the Supreme Court in that 4-3 decision. We're all just trying to absorb this. Um, I mean... Uh, listen, I, I think in the in the broad strokes, in terms of our democracy, there are very few magic wands. <laughs> there are there are very few sort of um, you know magic spells that you cast that um, make a make a complex and difficult problem go away. That just it just doesn't happen very often in our political system, and I think that we shouldn't be under any illusions um, about the the character and the partisan inclinations among other things, of of this current Supreme Court as it is constituted. That said, yeah. it is not it is this is not a crazy thing for a democracy to do. This is mm-hmm. um, this is this is something that was a hallmark of post-war Germany uh, after World War II. This is something that happened to Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil quite recently. This is something that our own Congress did in 1868 after our own civil war, specifically to preclude anybody from holding office in this country who had engaged in insurrection against this country. And so, it's it's not unheard of, but it's. It would, it would be an incredible wild card. So you, Rachel Maddow, think that this is something that's, that's valuable. You think that this is a, 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 a move of democracies to prevent the people from voting. That's, a, that's an amazing bit of, of spin. A guy who has not been found guilty of insurrection... And a guy who's not been charged with insurrection. Four indictments, no insurrection charge. But you're going to decide that this is a, a good move. You understand how little they care. As long as they have the power, as long as they can dominate, as long as they can control. And it's not me saying it. This isn't pie in the sky. This isn't conspiracy theory. This is listening to what it is that the leaders of the left... Their cultural elite feel the air quotes have to say. And what they're saying is you should not be trusted with the vote. The Supreme Court should overturn this immediately. And I'm bothered that they haven't yet. You should be bothered as well. The people who claim that Trump is a threat to democracy, they're the threat. Find everything at TonyKatz.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.